You're listening to The Full Broadside. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Full Broadside. With me today is KJ, Mr. Sock, and Mando was unable to make it today, so we have a discount Mando in Nimitz. <laughs> Say hello, everybody. <laughs> Hi. Good afternoon, slash evening, slash morning, slash midday, wherever you are on this questionable planet of ours. How everybody doing? I hope everybody's doing well, staying safe for these crazy times. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, so we've got we got some stuff we want to cover today, and we figured we'd uh, we'd record this and get it out to you. So, uh, right out of the gate, I want to just check in and see see what has everybody been playing. Uh, we we've talked a lot about all these different things over the last couple of uh, episodes, and uh, we we covered a lot of the. Uh, uh, the design bureau or the development bureau? Uh, what was it? What is it called? The research bureau. bureau. No, 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 not the research bureau. The one the we're dockyard. all working on. The dockyard. There we go. I couldn't find it. Couldn't find it in my head. But anyway, I, I know a lot of people have been doing that, trying to grind. So you're kind of forced to play specific uh, uh, ships of different nations and whatnot. But I have, um, I have been, you know, I, 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 I completed the third directive and i'm waiting a few days for directive four to open so because of that i decided to jump into all kinds of different stuff and i've been running a lot of dds lately last few days and even though i'm getting shot at and i'm running with my tail between my legs an awful lot it's still pretty fun and and i it's not a game style that i i've played a whole lot so i have found some enjoyment even though i'm not doing very well i'm I'm enjoying it so what have you guys been up to well as for the destroyer thing i am not a destroyer player so i don't really touch destroyers much to begin with unless you're in your carrier well, that's different. <laughs> I've been... I haven't had any troubles completing these directives. So I... You know, my normal play flow of ships and, and what I'm kind of playing anyway was already what the directives were asking for. So I haven't had any trouble with any of that kind of stuff. I know, Cyber, you had some frustrations with the thing. Do you want to elaborate on, on yeah. what that was? Because we were getting pretty mad a couple nights ago. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's been uh, th- this this third set of directive, or the directive three that has missions in it. I'm able, like I said, the other, the other show, uh, I was able to knock out, you know, the first five or so with no real problem. And then uh, we just kind of started to struggle a little bit and started to run into issues accomplishing that stuff because they had... Uh, uh, certain countries, battleships, certain country cruisers, and then I had to kind constantly drop uh, spam left and right. I had to uh, keep keep running the the Mosfa, keep running the other stuff there. So, and uh, kind of went from there. Yeah, I'm kind of running into the to the same problem. Um, I have not finished the third directive yet. I've got two more stages of that to go. Um, 
playing the MOSFA and the uh, Des Moines over and over and over and over again is kind of a kind of a grind, one that I don't really enjoy. Um, so I've been uh, working on my uh, DD skills. Uh, I've ran a couple of rank sprint battles um, in my Vladdy. Um, yeah, it's uh, I'm just doing whatever I can to make sure I still enjoy the game. Yeah. Well, that's always the big thing, right? Is we can't lose. You don't want to lose sight of why we play this game. You yeah. know, I, I I've been always been a big believer, and and I think this is partly why I play this game so well, and why my stats are what they are. Not trying to stat horror or anything, but is because I I tend to not play when I get mad. When I get frustrated with the game, I tend to stop. Now, for any of you who who do and will or have watched my streams. You'll notice that uh, that doesn't really happen there. I tend to get a little bit salty near the end of the streams because I sometimes have bad games. And that's just because, well, that's normally where I would have taken a break, but, well, I'm streaming, so I can't exactly do that. It's hard to rage quit. Yeah, I understand. It's kind of, I, yeah, it kind of looks bad when you rage quit a stream. <laughs> yeah, I almost did that the other night. Just got fed up with stuff. I'm running that Soyuz, and uh, we were all joking just, just today about how how often, I mean, what is it, 30 seconds into the match, and suddenly I have eight ships firing at me. This is great. <laughs> but it can take a, a beating, that's for sure. I've learned learned that in the ship, but it's one of those necessary evils if I'm going to work my way to the Kremlin. And uh, But I was able finally, uh, being off for a four-day stretch, I was able to finally today, this morning on day four, was able to uh, complete that set of directives. So now I'm enjoying whatever ship I want until the next set of directives come out and uh, hoping hoping that I'll be able to get them. I, I, I'm sure I will be, be behind uh, and, and not be complete with Directive 4 by the time 5 drops, but I'm going to give it heck and, and uh, hope that I can get to it. We'll, we'll see. I, I don't think I'll have a whole lot of troubles getting to the Graf's Bay, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, remains to be seen. Well, completing all the directives up to the end of Directive 3, that gives you uh, uh, level 9. So then you only have to complete one more. And then, you're, then you've got the graph speed. So the, that one's not hard to get. Getting to the Odin is going to be a little bit more difficult because you do have to spend um, a minimum of two shipbuilding phases with doubloons. They've been open yeah. about that. And but that's like thirty-seven fifty, me, right? That's at not least too for expensive. me personally, it's not going to be hard for me to get to phase eighteen. Though I'm probably only going to have to spend the last two. I think me getting the Odin's going to be pretty good because I mean my work schedule kind of allows for it. It really depends on whether or not I get burned out on the game between now and then because it's you know a couple weeks left. Yeah, no, you got good buddies to play with. That's that's what's going to keep us from from being burned out. Uh, I've said that before. You know, some nights I get home and yeah, do I really want to get on and play? Well, the answer is yes because I got a bunch of buddies that I want to hang out and have a good time with. So that's why I keep coming back. Now, like I said, I feel kind of behind because I'm only on two right at the moment. I mean, I've got four of the seven done, but my problem is again, I, you know, you know, got me. I play mostly DD, so. It takes a little longer to get through some of these um, because I have to make a conscious effort to, okay, I need to play a battleship for a little bit or I need to play a cruiser for a little bit or whatever. So that's yeah. the that's the part, hard part for me is I, I have to make that conscious effort if I want to do those, 
I have to pay attention to what I need to do it and then to go you to go play those ships as opposed to all right I just wanted to get in and tool around in my DD and see what happens right and I think that might be something that they were they were intending to do with with how they were doing that you know requiring you to drive a battleship out of uh, Great Britain or, or, or Japan or something and and that really kind of throws a monkey wrench into mine. At least they give you four mm-hmm. countries to choose from because at that one, the only uh, out of the four nations that were represented uh, represented in that mission, I had only one country. <laughs> so, right. so I had to kind of maneuver around and pick up something at lower tier, work it up, and, and you just don't take in the amount of damage at those lower tiers that you do at the higher tiers. So it uh, it, it is kind of a struggle, but it sounds like we're all going to probably get through it. I mean, Mando's probably at 17 already, so... <laughs> but the rest of us who aren't... Uh, he doesn't count, because he spent money to get... He sp- did the thing where you get, like, the first day to play. stages. <laughs> yeah, he's the big whale. <laughs> when he listens to this, he's going to be yelling at us, I'm sure, but it, it, it's it's all, all a good fun. But, uh, yeah, the rest it. of us... Well, you know, you know, you got the new, you got the title for this one, right? Introducing Discount Mando, right? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good so. stuff. So, Nimitz, what have you been playing uh, besides the uh, the directives that you're trying to grind through? Is there any specific ship style that you've been playing a lot more of? Yeah, um, the cruisers are probably um, well. I think there's quite a few people in our clan that are, are really good cruiser players. Um, I'm not one of them, so I'm struggling with that. Um, I'm having to play my Mosva and my Des Moines a lot, and uh, I love the ships. They're fun to play, but uh, you know, I just can't rack up the damage that I can say in a DD. So I'm struggling with it, but I'm I'm still trying to knock it out. I'm enjoying it. Um, having a clan makes these directives much easier. Um, and then also, I found out I can do a little bit of uh, farming on co-op play, which uh, I hate to do. I think it's almost cheating in a way, but if that's what I got to do to get through these directives, I'm going to do it. Well, yeah, that's the kind of thing. You know, they're, they said it's okay, and dang it, I want to get through the stuff. I, I want to get to at least 10 and get that one free ship out of it. Then, yeah, I'm going to have to jump in co-op here and there. Not as a rule, but occasionally. But uh, something you said kind of kind of raised a, raised something that I wanted to talk about real quick is you, you said that you don't seem to be able to put up the damage uh, in the cruisers and battleships that you do in the destroyer. And I find it's the other way around. I mean, what what would you say your average damage game is out of a destroyer um probably 80 um but i mean i can i can do fairly well in my battleships uh it's just the cruisers i struggle with um that i just uh get a little too aggressive with them and uh get myself in trouble Okay, see that that's interesting to me because I, I'm I'm a primary uh, BB driver and I do uh, do a lot of cruiser driving as well, and I've kind of learned each of the ships that I have and what their strengths and weaknesses are. But it's rare for me, and I'm not a DD driver, but I've started to play into them a little bit and and learn a few things. But I've only had one game over 80k, and it was like a 110 or something, which was pretty good for me. I was pretty happy with that. But normally for me, you know, 4050 is pretty good. So it was just kind of interesting to see that. Well, I, I guess it is possible if I get better at those. Eh? 
Yeah, um, I mean, obviously with the lower tier um, DDs, like I'm bring, I'm going up the European line r- right now. I just got the uh, uh, Skonia. Uh, I'm not sure how to say that, but uh, I don't I think anybody that. is. And uh, it, uh, you know, it's not fully uh, even developed yet. You know, I don't have the upgraded torps. I don't have the upgraded fire system or the upgraded hull. Um, and you know, I can do like. 40 in that i mean i think it had a 52 game in it as well but uh with with the fletcher and the uh shima i mean uh, 80 is not really hard well you also have to take into account the two tiers higher also i believe the correct pronunciation is skana skana all right i will have to look that up but i could be wrong about that i was thinking the little Thing over the E, the second or the last E, it was a O sound, but I don't know that. Like Scano or something. Maybe. Well, all I know is it's definitely not Skane. Like I've heard <laughs> a lot of people say it. Or the other term we use sometimes. Ah, uh, yes. That's, well. Anyway, that segues okay. nicely into something that Cyber wanted to talk about, and that is do you guys think that Scone. destroyers are a dead meta or a dying meta? I would like to go first on this one. You, you should have known how to add an opinion. Well, uh, I know, absolutely. That's why well, we wanted to pose this you, question. You know well, what? Well, Discount Mando was here. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you guys for a second. H- hang tight here. I actually have uh, this here to play. See if you guys can hear it. Scone. Did you pick up on that? No, you probably didn't, didn't hear it. Negative. <laughs> uh, well, if you listen to the podcast, I'm sure it picked up, and everybody out there was able to hear it. So, uh, and if not, we'll just cut. The, we'll just edit that out. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, we'll edit it out. If not, uh, I will link it to you guys so you can listen to it. That's how to pronounce it properly. Okay. What did you just go Good. through, like Google Translate? Uh, it's a YouTube actually speaking uh, names in Swedish. So. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I, it, cool. was, it was burning at me. I had to do it. So, all right. Anyways, I suppose uh, if you were me right now, you would be saying I digress. Yes, so, uh, yes, yes. Uh, I don't want to digress. That's your thing. So go ahead. Pick up where we left off. <laughs> so what I've um, been feeling lately, Loshima was my first tier 10 destroyer. Uh, it was my favorite. It was my baby. Um, I thought she was the absolute best destroyer in the game. And uh, it seems now that she is not the fastest. Her torps are not the strongest and not the fastest. Um, And her guns are above average, but they're nothing special. So she's no longer the special ship that she was. Um, I think they're trying to make up for that with some of the newer destroyers, though. Uh, especially in the European line. Uh, the Holland is, is a pretty amazing destroyer. Um, and then on the gunship side of the Japanese line, I think those ships are still holding their own as well. But, uh, I mean, the American destroyers seem to be falling off. Uh, the Shima's falling off. I just don't think they're as powerful as they once were. Well, and it's quite possible that they'll see a buff as well. I mean, you know, the the original thought here was that with all the CVs, obviously there we you know there we, we can get into that in a few minutes. But the uh, the CVs are being backed off a little bit uh, with the submarines coming in the distance, uh, radar, SAP ships that are out there. There's an awful lot of ways for a DD to get smoked quick, and. Uh, 
I think you're right. I think with with the uh, the new European line, uh, some buffs to the uh, HE penetration with the German ships, I think they are starting to tweak them, and, and I think DDs are starting to get a little bit more love now. Although there's still some some hate in the game, you know, when <laughs> when you see a carrier or something else that they get wiped. But I, I think it's going in the right direction for everything they add. They have to adjust other things, and it just takes a little while. Sock, what are you thinking? Well, I don't really think I can comment on it from the perspective of a destroyer player. Well, but, give us one from a um, CV player then. <laughs> from the perspective of a carrier player, it's tough because, on one hand, you can absolutely devastate destroyers if you want to. the The caveat is. In order to hunt the destroyers, you have to give up a lot. You give up a lot of damage when you hunt destroyers. It's kind of, okay, do I want to get the destroyers out of this game? Or do I want to do 25,000 damage to that Yamato that's sitting 10 kilometers behind him right now and get way more credits and money and stuff? So it's one of those, it's one of those things. I also play the Midway. So with the Tiny Tim rockets, destroyers are pretty hard to hit with those yeah i have tried um, those they're I big agree. rockets so they you know you only get nine of them per payload rather than what do you get with the 127s like well like i think 27 like, or something it, it's really? a lot more yeah you get a lot more it's a lot more and so they they're the ones that that you can like take out three quarters of the health of a destroyer with with but and that kind of gets into this whole discussion of our carriers overpowered rather than is our destroyers a dead meta I do think that destroyers are a little too easy for carriers to walk all over if they want to, in the sense that if a carrier really wants to, he can not necessarily keep the guy spotted, because every destroyer's got it's got just enough anti-aircraft power, at least I'm speaking primarily at tier 10 here. Each destroyer has just enough anti-aircraft power to prevent a carrier from loitering over him for too long but at the same time if you're in a shimakaze and you're scooting around the side of the map trying to get behind everybody if you get spotted well the game's up you're done for i will say uh, I don't, I'm, I'm sure you remember this because i know you enjoyed it so much uh, i was in my shima you were in your midway we were on opposite teams and before i could even get to the cap you took me out of the game on two runs with rocket Yes, um, I remember that. You had been, you were kind of sneaking up on the map for about five minutes before I found you. Um, the battleships on my team were screaming at me, Sock, spot the DD, spot the DD, please spot the DD, he's over here. <laughs> and I eventually was like, okay, I, I think I know where he is. I have a good enough position that I'm not going to be wasting too much time by hunting him. Then I eventually found you. You smoked up, but by that point it was over. They were all waiting for you. They knew you were there. Yeah, and it was so just a matter of me spotting them spotting you, you you hit me with a salvo of rockets and five battleships opened up on me and there was absolutely nothing i could do yeah i think i think that's the the main the crux of the issue with destroyers is when you make a mistake there's nothing you can do when you're in a battleship if you make a mistake you've got the health to get out of it if you're in a cruiser if you make a mistake it's kind of a 50 50 chance whether you're going to get blapped you know whether you're going to get sent into the into the shadow realm or if you're going to get out of it with a destroyer, unless you're already kind of pointing the right direction, if you get radared, 
you may as well just go back to port. Well, so you get spotted by a carrier. If the carrier's got it, got it out for you for some reason, and there's a lot of ships around you, and if you get caught out in the open, it's not a heck of a lot you can do about it. And I think that's the thing where destroyers uh, get caught up, and, and what makes them so frustrating is because it is, at the end of the day, it is the most complicated sh ship class to play. I would say they're even more complicated to play than carriers. Wargaming really has neutered the skill ceiling in carriers to the point where you can get as good as you can get and that's really as good as you can get whereas destroyers there's a lot higher bar that you really have to play at in order to be proficient with them and i think then then the whole question becomes what can they do about it but i mean i don't really have the answers to that and i'm sure clearly wargaming doesn't have the answers to that either well, and, and I think we've we've kind of been tiptoeing on the line of, of going on to this next topic and trying to stick on the side of this uh, was the the changes that there are proposed changes. Everything could change. But uh, come 9.6, a lot of the CVs are getting their AP bomb overall damage uh, reduced. But so. at the same time. AP bombs are essentially useless against destroyers because they don't have citadels. Right. So, so that's kind of a moot point there against destroyers. But it's a step in the right direction in the sense that it shows that Wargaming is willing to adjust. Right. I think, so uh, I think it's all positive news. I think uh, maybe the reduction in, uh, in the effectiveness of the AP bomb could also be due to uh, German battleships with wooden decks. I mean... Uh, I've seen one of those get deleted in in a matter of seconds, just gone. Well, I'll read you. The, there was a paragraph in the patch notes that stuck out to me, and I'll read it to you guys. And it reads, uh, AP bombs are more skill-demanding for successful use than HE bombs, but their efficiency is higher if used correctly. The updated aircraft carriers constitute a relatively young class in the game, and most players have only recently used learned how to use AP bombs correctly. Consequently, the overall damage dealt by this type of armament has become too high. We therefore decided to systematically lower the maximum damage of armor-piercing bombs, but without lowering their penetration. We will watch individual performance of the ships and will take additional actions if needed. And the things they did were the armor penetration of researchable bombers' bombs. Was, actually, they increased the armor penetration of the Shokaku, but they lowered the damage by... One moment, I have to find it. I think it was 8%, wasn't it? Was it? 25%, 6,100, 5,100. Wow. So they, they lowered it quite a bit, and the upgraded bomber 7,600 to 6,200. So they lowered them quite substantially. But at the same time, you know, going back to the destroyer thing, that really doesn't do much against destroyers. Well... Actually, oh. as, as you were reading that, another thought popped in my head that may not benefit the DDs because all it did was the, like you said, the AP bombs and it's not really going to affect them anyway. However, that may cause CV drivers to say, you know what, my AP bombs are less effective. Let me just go rocket the heck out of all those DDs. So the DDs might actually see a lot more coming at them now. That's entirely right. possible. Right, but, but then we also, have time, the, we also have the German carriers coming in with their armor-piercing rockets, so maybe they're trying to pre-balance the armor-piercing bombs when, so when they bring in the rockets? Maybe. It's possible. 
Well, and, and now, the armor-piercing rockets that they've got on, on the uh, the Germans, I haven't seen any stats there, but if they, maybe they would just simply overpen DDs. That that would be okay. I would be all right in a likely. DD. They have stated that uh, you can expect armor-piercing rockets to perform similarly to 8-inch shells. Okay, so overpenning DDs very commonly. Good. Yeah. That's good yeah, it says drivers. here that... I was just kind of reading on one of the, the notes, and it was talking about when striking the thin armor of destroyers at 90-degree angles, they will often overpin and only deal one-tenth of the maximum damage for the armor-piercing rockets. Well, that makes me feel much better. Now, I do. I think one way, going back to the destroyer point again, one way they could make destroyers a little more viable damage-wise is make it so that they get damage saturated more quickly. Then high explosive would be less effective yeah. against them. Uh, there, there are already right. some destroyers that have this. I believe it's the, is it the Japanese gunboats that have it? I don't remember which ones. It might even be. The, it might just be the Hayate. I, explain uh, that. But, explain that saturation. There, there might be people listening that aren't aware. And and honestly, I'm not 100 percent on board with what you just said. So why don't you explain that a little <laughs> bit more in detail? Okay. So, the way that damage saturation works, I'm just going to pull up the wiki page here so that I have some some reference here because I don't want to speak anything incorrect. Absolutely. Nothing but truth Nothing here. <laughs> if I remember correctly, most of it is like you have different sections of the ship and then once they become, their damage pool becomes zero, no matter how much damage you do to it, it will do nothing. It will take off no more damage out of your overall or that, that section of the, of the health of that ship, if I remember correctly. Well, it's not quite that extreme. So, uh, the summary, damage saturation occurs when a ship takes excessive damage to one of its compartments. When a certain amount of damage is inflicted on a compartment, it will be incapable of taking damage exceeding 10% of the shell's listed alpha damage. I believe this does not include um, citadel damage. Citadel damage is exempt from this. Okay. When a compartment is no longer capable of taking damage above 10% of the shell's listed alpha damage, it has become damage saturated. That's what, when you see the ship turn black and it looks all like smoky and like it's been blown up, that's what burning damage saturation embers. looks okay. like. Okay, okay. Exactly. Well, not even the burning embers. The burning embers are just where shells have hit. It's when like the, the paint looks like it's been stripped off and the ship looks dirty. That's what damage saturation looks like. So moving into the next section of this. Ships are comprised of multiple compartments, including the bow, stern, citadel, casemate, and superstructure. Each of these compartments has a different health pool. There is also a shared hull compartment which takes damage whenever a local compartment takes damage. Note, some battleships and large cruisers may have a second upper casemate which is vertically divided from its regular casemate. There is nothing special about this sectional division except its location. And uh, non-French destroyers and Eigle have an infinite HP pool in their casemate compartment and thus it cannot become saturated penetrating this compartment will always do full damage. This is what I was thinking of. So the French destroyers are the ones that uh, damage saturate more quickly. So the casemate armor in them, it's kind of like their replacement for the citadel. It's their kind of central area. So I guess that means that they don't, that section on destroyer doesn't become saturated. And you have you guys ever it. noticed that French destroyers are really hard to kill? Yes. That's why. Well, because I always, they, I always they, equated uh, it to their that, speed. Well, that's sec and neglecting their speed, but when you actually do hit them, that they take a lot to kill because that section of their ship becomes damage saturated. It, it, think of it like a destroyer's citadel. Well, that's only going to apply to French destroyers. Is that what you said? 
Yeah, yeah, as of right now it does, but it might be beneficial if they applied that to every destroyer. It might make them harder to kill, or easier, to, yeah, harder to kill is what I'm trying to say, get at. Yeah, Give them a little more survivability, even without necessarily giving them heals or buffs or health buffs or anything, just by changing the mechanics just a little bit. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back. And welcome back from the break. We were talking about CVs being a little bit, uh, I guess, nerfed in, in the AP bomb category, but in the DDs and their saturation, um, and, and some some love out of that same blog post, uh, the United States destroyers are receiving an anti-air boost to their uh, their uh, what what do they call it when they toggle consumable. that button? Yeah, the consumable that that. It's not the O button when you focus fire, uh, the the AA. Uh, the but defensive, it's, defensive AA. There it is. Thank you. The defensive AA. Yeah. So that's getting a boost. Why was it from fifty to seventy five percent? So the the AA in the U.S. ships. Now I wonder why it was only the U.S. ships. Uh, maybe we're. I haven't seen as many of those around. I mean, we all see the Fletcher when we're playing nine and ten, but I think we're seeing a lot more of the other countries out there. Uh, I mean, yeah, we see a shimmy, but we're seeing a lot of the Europeans since they're new. Um, I still see quite a few French, not so many uh, uh, British ships, but I'm not seeing a whole lot of United States DDs out there. And maybe, maybe this is a way to get them in the in the game, give them a little buff. But ultimately, it would be nice if they're going to do that per country if they give all the DDs in different countries a little something extra to help uh, with the current meta. I'll definitely be playing my Fletcher more if that comes to pass. <laughs> to say, it's been a while since I've seen gearings at tier tens out there. I mean, most of the time, like I said, it's the Europeans or anybody else besides gearings. It used to be I tell you to receive Fletchers and gearings all the time. Yeah. Um, again, that goes back to how we open the show. I mean, uh, they've all been a little bit uh, power crept, and uh, you know the 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 Halan, uh, that whole line actually. That's the shiny new toy and they're great ships i'm having a great time going up the line uh, I, i'm so excited about the halon i'm i can't wait but uh the fletcher is always going to be one of my favorites what is it about the halon that you're really looking forward to it just seems like it's uh it's a ship that does everything well um you know the guns are great uh the torps are incredibly fast i probably going to get this wrong but i'm thinking 90 to 96 somewhere around there i believe they're 86 knots base and with torpedo acceleration and the torpedo acceleration module they're 91 and yeah, i mean the interesting little tidbit about that is with that the Tor the holland's torpedoes are actually faster than the langley's torpedo planes <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Which is cool. I mean, they're really fast, but the problem I see there is in the Europeans, they're, they're fast ships, uh, maybe not as fast as the French, and their guns are pretty solid. They have really quick torpedoes. However, the tor torpedoes do not hit very hard. They, they're like a third yeah. of the damage of some of these other ships, and they have no smoke, so you really got to be wily out there. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. Um but the Halan, the amount of torpedoes that it puts out, um, I think it more than well makes up for it. I mean, it's it's a very dangerous ship. It's uh, it's torn me up a couple of times now. So you're doing the old can't beat them, join them type of thing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he wants, to go hunt, he, he wants to go hunting BBs on the B-line. 
Oh yeah, I'll hang out with Alien. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, in, anything else on the on the DDs before we move on to the to the last that section of that blog post? Well, I think I covered everything I needed to cover before the break, so I'm good. All right. Hearing crickets, we'll move on to the final piece of that blog post, which was the Venenzia. Um, looking at the the stuff that they're going to do to that it, it looks not a terrible debuff but a, a decent enough debuff that may take that one out of the big clan battles what do you think i think the venezia really needs a bit of a nerf there's a reason why literally everybody plays it in clan wars and it's just it's it, i wouldn't go so far as to say it's overpowered but it's a little bit disproportionately strong in certain areas so, have you taken a, a, a chance to, or have you had a chance to take a look at the uh, at the proposed changes to that? And uh, I took a peek at it. Did they do enough, or did they do just the exact amount, or is there more needing to be done? Well, I suppose it will be re- it remains to be seen. And the angle at which the check for ricochets is made for sap is decreased from seventy five to seventy degrees. So that means that you're going to be ricocheting with sap more. That's good. Main battery reload was increased by half a second. Kind of insubstantial, but yeah, we'll see that's how what that I was goes. thinking. Some of these are really uh, light. And the rudder shift time was increased by an entire second. So uh, mm-hmm. what I see a lot of people doing is they're probably running the double rudder mod instead of concealment. And they'd be running the acceleration mod. So they're just kind of... They don't really care whether they're spotted or not. and just kind of wasding all over the place. And I think that might help a little bit. I think what Wargaming needs to do is try to stop that a little bit and make the ship a little less maneuverable. Make it more, make it more like the heavy cruiser it's supposed to be. This seems to be my observations as well. Um, if you're more than say 15 clicks out and you fire at that thing, it does that little butt waggle, and you know your shells just went into the drink. Um, yeah, it, unless it he's going so hard dead straight, you'll never hit him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find a lot of that in the uh, in the Brindisi, uh, very similar, but it's not uh, uh, obviously the Venenzia. It's a different ship, and I'm sure they play a little bit differently. But the Brindisi is very weak. When it does get hit, it does take a lot of damage. So I find myself popping that heel to keep myself going. But that's one thing: you stay at range with those ships, and you fight from your tail. And you keep watching the the enemy that you're firing at, and as soon as you see those guns launch, you start waggling one way or the other, and they they go away. They don't hit you, especially at you know 18. I think it's 18k range, 19k for the Brindisi. So it's it's fairly uh, like I said, it's a really fun ship to play. I've had a lot of fun in it, but it's uh, maybe the Venenzia might be a little bit too tough at those upper tiers. I don't know. Yeah, the other thing I've noticed with the Venenzia, when you do manage to hit it, it doesn't seem like you do a whole lot of damage to it. I mean, it's 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 a tough ship for an Italian line. It's a tough ship. Uh, I have I've dunked a few Venezias at really long range in the Montana before. You know, I've I've one banged a couple, a couple of them once. But yeah, it, I mean, it's one of those things that. I think the Citadel armor is quite weak, so really big shells tend to overpen quite often. But again, I don't have the ship, so I guess I can't really comment on on how on whether the changes are going to be good or bad for its play. Cyber, I was kind of wondering, since you run, you know, kind of like a sister ship, do you use the incoming fire alert captain skill at all? 
Uh, no, because that's what four and a half. Yeah, four, four and a half. half. K. Yeah, no, it, typically more than four and a half kilometers. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, I, I, I would know that but yeah you know that's something i should think about but honestly i uh I, I i haven't needed to use it because i usually when i'm i'm off running away from the from the battle and shooting out of, uh, out of the tail guns i'm watching and I'll, a lot of times i'll be in binocular mode looking at that ship waiting for his shot to fire and when i see it fired then i react because that way he's already launched he's got a 20 to 30 second cooldown because typically it's a bb or a, a cruiser out there that's doing that but i i salivate when i see a dd anywhere close because one salvo for me his day is over and it's it's yeah. really nice those saps are really great for that yeah I've, I've been on the receiving end of that from you a few times so yeah <laughs> <laughs> Not very often. I think you've sunk me more than I've sunk you. But the other uh, strategy I was going to ask if you employ um, once they fire, you do your waggle, shells splash around the water. Do you give a little bit more broadside so you can take full advantage of your guns, or you just keep running away? Uh, it depends. If in one battle the other night I had three chasing me, so there was no turning sideways it was just i need to get going and get out of there and keep waggling because i had to watch three different sets of guns firing and i had to constantly dodge back dodge dip duck and dive all those <laughs> like mm -hmm. dodgeball and uh if it's just one i will try the whole bait and switch type maneuver i'll, I'll go I'll, I'll wait for him to fire and as soon as I dodge them, I'll turn and give them a broadside and kind of entice them to fire again while I get my guns. And I usually get one to two salvos off and hit him. And as he fires, then I spin right out of it, no problem, and, and do it again and again. And probably driving the guy nuts on the other side, but it, it does work well in, in those. It also doesn't work too badly um, in the... Uh, in the Japanese cruisers as well, uh, the ones that are set up with more guns in the rear. Yeah, I can um, do a little bit of kiting in my abuki, um, but it, it's uh, it's pretty soft. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the one thing. If you're soft, you gotta miss those. You gotta gotta find a way to to get those things to miss you. Because one of them hits, it's gonna hurt. All right. Well, it seems like we've covered all that. How about the uh, the rank sprint that has just dropped at tier eight? Has any of you guys been able to play, have a little fun at it? I uh, I got in myself just today for a couple of battles. Got to eight and then ended up with a couple of teams that were just just train wrecks right out the go. So I uh, I said to heck with it. And went back to randoms. But how are you guys doing with it? You, you something you like or dislike or or what do you think? I've only played a couple of games of ranked this season, but I tend to only really play ranked when there's steel at stake. I don't really, I don't really enjoy playing ranked that much, and I only really do it for the steel. So when steel's not on the table, I don't really care. So I played a couple of games in it, but I just when you when stars are are up for grabs and at stake, it gets really frustrating really quickly when you start losing. Yes. Yeah, it does. Um, I normally don't play the ranked battles very far. I play it for a little while until I get bored with it. Um, this particular season, the sprint, um, I'm, I'm probably going to try to go as far as I can. I'm, I'm low on the signals, and if I could get 10,000 extra coal, I'm in. But uh, I've only played a couple of matches so far. I enjoyed it. I haven't had any issues. Um, 
pretty much everybody I've talked to though is really frustrated about the the level of play in the uh, ranked battles. Yeah, I've only had one so far, and that was just tonight when we first got on. Um, it was a loss, but you know it is what it is. Um, I've always found, especially since now that you can div up, I've I've always had pretty good luck when diving up, and and at least I've got somebody I know I can count on and and work together with um, a lot better than just getting in with eight random other people. So being some other people I've, I've divved up before doing the sprint battle before. And I mean, we were able to walk pretty much walk all the way through almost to, to five or three, just because we were divved up and we could actually kind of like a clan battle. You could actually utilize your teammate to get you, help get you a little further along the line. Yeah, it was, uh, trying to hit the clan up today to see if anybody uh yeah. to do it and um i think that's probably um the the best way to do it i was actually watching a little bit of twitch uh today and uh i forget the the name of the guy whose stream i was watching but he was on there with a clan mate and they were doing the the, the sprints and uh they were just dominating um you know i don't know if if i'm as good as players those two guys but uh it definitely helps to have a a clan mate or, or a good friend that you, you play with regularly or yeah, if you're in it, whenever you want to do it if i'm home in time or you're home in time we got time to do it i've i've can do it at whatever so and, and and it's what uh two max per division right in correct this, okay two okay. yeah and at tier eight it's it's not like you got to worry about a bunch of tens so I, I do like the tier eight concept I, I liked the tier eight when they ran it with uh clan battles i thought that was really nice too but all that although that is making me hold on to more tier eights uh into my uh into my shipyard so i don't end up selling a bunch because you never know when they're going to do that again um but the rank sprint stuff is i mean sock brought it up that they have certain things per level and there's no steel this time so yeah to, to me i'm looking at it and okay the the cash uh, five hundred thousand for the first one and then there's flags and some other stuff in there but is the reward worth all the the pain and agony that you got to go through with all these teams if you're just wanting to grind it to go through it no but if you just want to do it just to do it sure why not I mean, yeah. if you're if you're wanting to get to, you know, I've got to get to rank one. I've got to get to rank one. Well, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth it at all. But if you want to, like, like here, you you know, we give up. Okay, you guys want to go off and do that. We want, you know, a couple guys want to go do some rank stuff. Okay, fine. You grab a buddy from the clan. You go do a, do a few of those, and you come back. To me, that's how how much different is that going to be than a random? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it as, you know, I'm not my ultimate goal isn't to be number one so i can say hey i made number one uh my ultimate goal is free stuff so <laughs> it's uh you know it, it doesn't affect me the way that i i think the the uh what do you call it the dockyard stuff that we're doing the objectives uh right now those are worse than the sprint to me um i but i look at them different i did uh, i did have a, a question if anybody knows this Sure. So you, you know how we get three guys in a division, three guys in another division, and we sync drop in our randoms, right? Would that be possible in a sprint to have two divisions of two and try to sync drop? Of course, it would be possible. Possibly. I was just wondering if there was some sort of flag that wouldn't allow more than two WPA members to be in the same match. No, mm -hmm. the, the matchmaker is not smart enough to know that. 
Right. And even, even if that's the case, it doesn't guarantee a win. But at the very least, I mean, what is it, 7? Is it 7v7 in there? Or 8v8, something like that? But yeah, I mean, that's that's four players that would be on at the same time, on the same side. That would be cool. Although the other option is we end up playing against each other, and, and then at least one set of the, the crew is going to get uh, the next rank up. So there's that. That's 8v8. Yeah, I couldn't remember what it was, but yeah, 8v8. But yeah, it is a mode. It's something different. I mean, at least they're putting out different things. Seems like every couple of weeks they, they do something where you can get involved or just say, eh, it's not my thing or whatever. So I, I do like ranked sprint, uh, uh, just ranked battles. Like I said, myself, it's got. there's got to be something that, that I have interest. I'll go as far as a handful of flags and some... Uh, some cash payout here and there and and after that I'm like yeah do I really need all that other stuff no and it's what 10,000 coal for rank one I don't really need the rank one above my head to make me feel good I, I don't need that and it's right. only only going to be there until the next rank drops anyway so pff, whatever it's, it's it's something it's another another option for you to do in game if you have any interest so yeah, hey, if there's no steel involved, I don't feel like I've got a like. If there's if I know there's steel involved, and if I get all the way to rank one, I get an extra ten thousand steel, for example. Well, I'm gonna try to work my butt off to get that because that's a nice chunk. But if it's just coal or whatever, yeah, just it's to me, it's just another mode to to spend some time. I'd know that uh, Cyber just got his thunder. I just got my thunder. Um, yeah, I could use some more coal. <laughs> yeah, I could too. I'm dirt poor at the moment, but 10,000 is still not enough to get me to drive too hard to get that. Anyway, KJ, you had uh, something you wanted to bring up here before we finish out the show? Yeah, I was just kind of looking through the forums, um, just seeing what was out there and so on and so forth. And one of the things that kind of caught my eye, I was just like, well, I'll ask you guys. Somebody had to put up, you know, what would be your last draw? I mean, like, ever to play world of warships again what would what would they put in a game that would just finally get you to walk away and say i am done with this game is there anything out there for you guys for me i always thought it was going to be if they put subs in because it's like you know the way the game is uh putting the subs in is really gonna just ruin everything because all you got to do is a sub you stay underwater you find your targets you torpedo him what can they do? I think you know, for me, my deal breaker would be premium ammunition. Right. And that's, that's what I was going to get to is just like, but after playing around with the subs and stuff like that and, and messing with them, I said, okay, it's not that so far they're doing okay with it. <clears throat> it's not perfect, but they're still growing at it. But if they ever did put the premium ammo in, which they kind of talked about many years ago, I don't know if it was a joke or not, but you know, kind of doing like what they did with World of Tanks with premium ammo that really got the community really up in arms about. So hopefully they will never think about doing that. But if they ever did, I would have no desire to play this game again. A lot of people got pretty upset when they came out with the SAP. Um, I can't imagine how upset they would be with premium armor or ammo. Yeah. 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 I have... I have heard rumors that they've been talking about implementing SAP as a kind of, a, not necessarily as a premium ammo, but as a third ammo type on every ship. But I don't know how serious that was. Well, if they do something like that, then as, again, like as a DD player or whatever, then you should have the ability to have every sub or every DD should have the ability of having deep water dwarfs. You 
take you choose your deep water torps and you want to take them out you take them out yeah i I never understood why that was never an option or like it would be kind of cool if you were able to set the depth of your torpedoes on the fly but then again that would add then there's also the issue of that would add yet another layer of complexity to destroyer play right but as far as the the deep water torpedoes you could have that as as you know and button four and your reload time would maybe you know kind of be the same i mean or longer depending upon how you wanted to do it so it's just like okay if you want deep water torps it takes you you know five seconds longer to load the deep water torps as as it would be if you were running your regular torps or something or they could just do it like you know when you're changing shells you know ap to he you know Mm -hmm. if if your reload time is 30 seconds well you just reset it 30 second reload time right yeah, or be able to adjust uh, adjust your range and speed of your torpedoes in game. You know, you can make the torpedoes faster, but a you'll lose range. out on a lot of range. You know, you could right. make your torpedoes go a hundred knots, but they might only go three kilometers. <laughs> yeah, you'd be a, a a Russian destroyer at that point. You know, or you could make them go thirty five knots, but they'd go all the way across the map. But that would that would that would bring a lot of extra of com- complexity. And, and again, play. that's the whole thing of the extra right. complexity, right? Which destroyers really don't need. There, it's a complicated enough class as it is. Right. Yeah, and, but and like they've had to right. add the depth charges to the a lot of those and cruisers already for right. when subs come out. So they've had to already deal with that. Yeah. So besides the gold ammo or stuff, is any other thing that would cause them to walk away? That would be my biggest one, but Nimitz and Cyber, I don't think you guys have really spoken up on this yet. I don't think there's anything that can make me walk away because every time they come up with something new that I don't like, they always, well, generally come up with something to counter it to some extent. So at least make it acceptable. Yeah. And so I don't really think there's anything that would make me walk away. I mean, I enjoy the camaraderie of the game more than I enjoy the game itself. So, I mean, if if anything, you know, if, if WPA fell apart and everybody went their own way, yeah, maybe. But I don't think there's anything in the game itself that would make me walk away. Yeah. And see, that that's, that's why... He goes first because he took everything I was just going to say. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, basically uh, if if it was gold ammo that that yeah, not everybody had access to, only the whales had it. That would make the game unfun. Um, I agree with Nimitz a hundred percent that whatever they do to the game, they typically you'll you'll suffer through it for a couple of weeks, maybe a month or two, and then they'll come out with a counter to it. And after a little while, it won't be such a big deal anymore. And uh, maybe they'll have to nerf the counter because the counter's too big. Uh, but they do pretty well with that stuff. I mean, there is some some growing pains every time they drop something new, but we work through it. Uh, gold shells might be might push me out uh, off off of the game but you know honestly i come here to play a game and have fun with you guys and like i said as long as you guys are around i'm going to continue to play so to me that's that's what the game's about if it's not fun what are you playing a game for that's the the game's supposed to be fun you know so uh, hanging out with the hanging out with my buds playing a game i'm enjoying myself every night so that's really what it is for me if if everybody bailed because they added added uh, gold shells I, I think we'd all have to get together find another game and go play that i agree with that 
Um, us DD players are still waiting for the counter to the radar, so when are they bringing that on? Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Uh, I tell you what, they uh, when when radar first came out, I didn't think it was a bad idea. I thought it was actually a great idea, even as a DD player, but uh, ju- it does seem like more and more ships have radar these days, and when you can have five ships on the other side with radar and maybe an aircraft carrier on top of it, you're in for a long day. Yeah, then maybe that's something we could that, you know touch on at some other point. Maybe not on this one, but on another one too. It's, and we've been in those matches where we get in there, you look at, and you're like going, oh, okay, you got, all right, on one side, you've got nine ships with radar. And on one side, the other side, you have <laughs> one hydro ship. What the heck, Wargaming? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Some of the balance uh, uh, in the matchmaker has gone kind of kaflui some days. I just don't know how it, what algorithm they they came up with. I I don't think it's uh, it's working quite as intended, or maybe they just uh, are unaware of of what's going on some of these times. I mean, I know they've tried to explain it, and and I you know I get the gist of most of what they explain. But like, but like I said, you know, we've been in those situations that we look at one side, and they've they've got more radar, more everything. Okay, yeah, this side's got maybe bigger guns and all that kind of stuff. But the 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 balance between what shit, what side has what is a lot of times just so skewed. So hopefully, maybe they can come up with something. Well, they, they, I did also read another uh, a blog post that, that talked about asymmetric battles, and they were talking about adjusting some, some things, and it looked like they're toying with Matchmaker, but I'm not certain I, I understood exactly what they were posting, whether it was going to be a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not positive, but at least... At the very least, they are still playing with it, so it could could be better, might be worse. I, I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see. Right. Matchmaker's uh, definitely better than it was back in the day. That's for sure. I mean, it still has its uh, issues, but it's kind of like what we were saying a while ago. You know, as time goes on, you know, they they generally do a pretty good job. So I'm I'm hoping they'll they'll come up with a counter or a fix for it here soon. Oh yeah, it's gotten a lot better because it used to be, um, and I, I saw I don't know if you were still playing back then when you would get carrier battles where you'd have two carriers on one side and one carrier on the other. And oh yes, I remember those, that. Th- that was just kind of ridiculous, and you know you would have an American carrier going up against a Japanese carrier or two Japanese carriers, and it's just like. Yeah, I remember the days when you could have three carriers in a division. Yeah. Yes, I remember that too. Oh man. Yeah, you talk about just, you might as well just Alt F4 and be done. <laughs> yeah, no good. No. <laughs> That's no bueno, as they say. <laughs> yeah, if people, if you, you guys thought carriers were overpowered before the CV rework, you ain't seen nothing yet. You should have seen them in the beta back when you could have two or three torpedo plane squadrons and you could cross drop for days. And you mm-hmm. could have carrier divisions, and people didn't know how to use anti-aircraft yet. Yeah, it was a. That's something else yeah. we could talk about um, at some point, or or you guys could talk about at some point. The old carrier interface, uh, user interface between you know back then and then what it is now. Which do you enjoy more, and why? I mean, that's that would be kind of interesting to hear. Well, we got time. Why don't we go now? What do you guys think? 
I mean, personally, well, I haven't done the carrier new carriers, but I've only done the old the, the old one with kind of like the top down RTS tile. And I, I mean, it takes a while to get used to, but I didn't, I didn't not like it. I I thought it was okay. But well, I have Spock has quite, a better better idea. Yeah, I have quite a bit of experience in both. Um, As do I. I like. I think the new system is far and away way better. It's more fun. It's more engaging. Um, the the old system you could do a lot better with like carriers were really overpowered back then they could be but the problem with the old system is the skill ceiling was so high you had to be if you could if you were like me and you were like a you were a pretty good carrier player but you weren't exceptional if you were paired up against somebody who was like an absolute god in a carrier you just didn't stand a chance you you do no damage and i think the new system really remedies a lot of that carriers are there's a lot lower barrier to entry which is i think is a really good thing people don't get as discouraged they're a lot easier to play and they're also a lot more fun so i think the carrier rework was good in just about every way i'm I'm gonna have to agree with sock uh well kind of i agree with him on one point i'm not sure on the other one but um i mean from the perspective of a carrier player it was good in every way oh yes um i should clarify on that I think what he said about the the skill level being so high is absolutely true. Um, Being a below average carrier player, my damage is not great in the new system. It wasn't great in the old system. Um, But I've seen, uh, I think I've seen a lot higher scoring games in the old system. Yeah, I will agree with you there. I, uh, when I played in the old system, I enjoyed it, but I felt like I was almost playing a different game than what I would play in a ship. I mean, it almost it was like a you know an arcade overhead, you know, like they said a RTS simulator almost. It was it was different, but I mean, once you got used to it, I mean, I was doing really pretty darn good. I felt that I was an above average carrier player. Um, and now the new interface, uh, the new game style or, or rework that's been completed with the CVs, um, I think it's a lot more engaging. I mean, you don't have four squadrons that can launch at once. You can only launch one now. But you're flying the planes, which is fun in itself. I mean, it really, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it really eliminated World of War planes right from my computer. I didn't need to log on and play that game anymore because I had it right here in a carrier. <laughs> so, you know, what, what's the point? I can I can launch them and off I go. I got all kinds of different styles. I got a whole squadron that launches. And it, it's fun. It, it's definitely different. But I'll tell you what, uh, I was an above average player in the old system. Now I'm average to below average with the new system. That's interesting. We all had pretty different answers. The way it works. Yep. Sometimes it's it goes like that. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes we don't. And you know, normally socks out there sinking our fun boats with torpedoes, but thought <laughs> 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 we have a good yeah, time do. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Mando's not here, so no no torpedoes sinking any fun boats. <laughs> Well, I think that'll about wrap it up. Uh, how about parting shots for any of you three guys? Uh, anything you guys want to want to say? We'll start. Uh, KJ, what do you got? Uh, not much. Like I've always said, is you guys stay safe for these crazy times. Um, you know, that's that's really about it. I mean, if you're hopefully your guys aren't in, in states that are having the drastic increase and in rise on all this COVID stuff down here in, in Atlanta, Texas, it's looked like it's kicking up pretty good. So 
I've uh, heard some talk about uh, possibly ca canceling flights and stuff like that in and out of here. So I'm not really sure what's going on out here. So just stay safe, everybody. Nimitz. Uh, well, first off, I want to thank you guys for having me. This was really fun. I enjoyed it, and I do appreciate it. Uh, if uh, one of you guys is ever off or Mando's out again, I would be more than willing to come back. Thank you so much. You're our discount uh, Mando. <laughs> second, uh, second thing I would say is, uh, yeah, I'm hearing that uh, who knows with all everything that's going on with COVID, but the, the rumor is, you know, there's going to be a big second wave uh, that we're not quite out of this yet. So definitely stay safe. Um, you know, World of Warships is the perfect social distancing uh, activity. <laughs> so uh, get online with your buddies, play some World of Warships, stay out of uh, stay out of really populated places. And uh, last but not least, if you're in a ship, stay off the beeline. <laughs> and if you're social distancing... There's a, a nice stream you can watch. That would be me. Um, as any of you probably know by now, stream at Mr. Sock 97 on Twitch. Um, you can find me there. I try to stream a couple times a week. And I hope to see some of you guys there. Awesome, man. And for me, I, I would say everybody out there be safe as well. I'm not going to give my views on COVID. If you want my views on COVID, you can have to uh, uh, download or listen to my other podcast, Logic Lane. I'll put the link in the show notes for that. Again, with Sock Stream. And uh, once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Nimitz for stepping in and being our discount Mando this week since Mando couldn't be here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we maybe we'll have you again. Uh, like I said, there's going to be times when we're not all going to be around. So we, we may have to grab somebody and hopefully you'd be available again. Be more than happy to. Thanks again, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been The Full Broadside. Music used in this podcast was provided by Joseph McDade. Find him at josephmcdade.com.